the many times in which we are invited by God and what an invitation does for all of us in, in the expression of God, the, the joy to get an invitation. And I would assume we, through our lives, we have gotten different invitations. We get invitations to weddings, and we get invitations to different events. We get invitations from people who want you to come over and buy Tupperware. But this is not what we're talking about today. We're talking about an invitation that comes from our Lord to attend a supper with Him. We call it the Lord's Supper. It's an annual event for us and also during the course of the year we have communion as well. But I want to look at it today in the form of an invitation that God has given to us. And I want to take a look at this invitation as it is in Luke chapter 22 because Jesus here in this particular example is inviting his disciples to have this Last Supper the one that he had looked forward to, the, the last one that he's going to, to take with them. And here's how his invitation goes. And it's also not only the way in which the invitation is given to us, but also how he presents what he has given to them in this example. So in Luke chapter 22, we begin here in verse 7, not 720, it looks like that I have in my... Um, my notes, amazing what a little dash will do there. But at the beginning in verse 7, here's what Jesus tells his disciples, verse 7. Then the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed, then, then came rather the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed, Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Did you get the invitation there? Did you get the invitation? He says, go and prepare the Passover for us to eat. So the question is, are you inviting me, Lord? Because I think sometimes we get confused about invitation, and we're not exactly sure that we're invited to an occasion, because people don't always make things really clear to us. He says, where do you want us to prepare it, they asked. And Jesus replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you, follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asked, where is the guest room where we may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, all furnished, make preparations there. So this, again, with an invitation, there is some foreknowledge here, and there is some preparation on Jesus' part and also on his disciples' part in terms of preparing for that. Because when we receive an invitation, we also have to prepare for what that invitation is all about. And the exciting thing about this particular invitation is that they thought they knew what this was all about, but they were going to miss the real party that is going on here. And they left and they found things just as Jesus had told them. And so they prepared the the Passover. Now that's, that's another nice thing about an invitation. It's like it's, it's told them to be. So they were real sure about how things were going to go down. This is what Jesus wanted because he had told them that, you know, arrive at this time, arrive at this place, 
and you will find this, and all those things are inviting. Because what if they didn't find this guy? What if they didn't find the room? What if there was a different thing and they're, they're not really sure about it? So Jesus takes all the uncertainty out of this invitation that we have here. So they found those things, and when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking a cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and gave, gave to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So this, on this particular occasion, this is the one and only occasion, you know, Jesus' last occasion, Jesus invites them to what we call the Lord's Supper. And it was different. Because we can read about in Exodus, the Passover lamb, the, the meal, and all of that. But the only thing truly highlighted here is Jesus and the bread and the wine. So they're invited to a new bread and a new wine. And in the preparations, they are included. So I'm going to suggest to us, and I'm giving this in terms of being invited, I'm going to give this in terms to us in, uh, in some of the invitations that we receive. In fact, I was surprised when Karen read from Psalm 95, it starts there, come. What does come mean? That, that's an invitation. And I'm going to suggest to us that we have, in the course of a day, in the course of a lifetime, we have many, many, many invitations from God. And like this one, it, it wasn't set out in a card, and it, it wasn't, uh, I'm inviting you, per se. Rather, Jesus is saying, come and let us eat this Passover together, which is an invitation. So we receive these invitations by, from God through his Son and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The invitations to incredible events. Invitations that are greater than what we ever imagined. So let me give you a couple examples of invitations that we have from God that, that have great things in them, things that God has prepared for us, that sometimes we go there and we don't really fully appreciate the invitation, but here's one to start with. An invitation from God, from Jesus here in Matthew chapter 11. Now, this is a great invitation from, from him in the sense of those individuals who are tired, wore down, life is very difficult. So, here's an invitation from Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. Now, Jesus doesn't say, go to the doctor and, or take two aspirins and send me five bucks and the like. No, he says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I will give you rest. 
And then he goes on, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So here's an invitation from God, from Jesus, to come to him when we are weak and weary, and to find rest, not only for, if we think about physical rest, but rest for our souls. Now why is this, this invitation important for the Lord's Supper? Well, the Lord's Supper, the Passover, the sacrifice that has been made for us, and when we we'll look briefly at what happened on that particular evening, the humble Lord and his invitation, his open-armed invitation to us is one that gives us rest and also gives us rest for, you know, our inner being. When we think about, and Jeanette mentioned in her prayer, in her offering, we're imperfect. We're, we're far from perfect in that. And we, we, we suffer through difficulties and we... We have issues, all of us have different issues about how we've done things, issues of guilt, conscience, you know, wanting to, to do things better. There's, you know, we just got a, a plethora of stuff that we just continually are weighted down by. But if you, if you were to go and Jesus invited you and, and he is the haughty king, uppity muck, as it were, saying, well, I, you know, you're here. Do you, know, do you know who I am? I mean, with that, I mean, that's an interesting question, you know, that he asked Peter. Peter, do you know who I am? Do people know who I am? And, when, and of course, Peter answered that question and, he, and, and Jesus. But as opposed to the person, do you know who I am? Which is a, a putting down. That isn't Jesus. Jesus is who I am is accepted. So we find, so we have an invitation that invites us to come to him. Now there's more inviting. I'm going to give another example here of inviting found in John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 35, <clears throat> we find this invitation from, from God, from Jesus. In verse 35, says, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples, and when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus, turning around. Jesus saw them following and asked, well, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you going? And he says, come, he replied, and you will see. And so they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It w and it was about the ninth hour, we find here. And then he, we find J uh, Simon's brother, who had followed him. And the first thing he <coughs> did find was, was Simon's brother, that is, uh, the Christ. And then he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are si Simon, the son of John. You are called Cephas, which being translated Peter. And then the next day, Jesus decided to leave Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, here's an invitation, follow me. We find Jesus finding people and inviting them. Now, we also get that same invitation. Jesus says to us, 
follow me. We have a calling. A calling is an invitation. But not just any kind of calling. We have a heavenly calling. So with this, as we think about the calling, the invitation to communion, to a relationship with God, what is another invitation that Jesus has given to us? And I talked about it last week, so I'm just going to briefly again remind us in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and it's, again, not ironic it's that Karen would, would, you know, we'd sing the song, I love you, Lord. So in John chapter 15, here's what Jesus is inviting us to. He is inviting us to be his friend. And I, you know, I, I marvel at that when I look at that. And, and, of course, it's not new because Abraham was a friend of God. You know, we find that in James chapter 2 and verse 23, where it mentions that Jesus talks about being friend. You know, and I didn't mention this last week, but I was thinking about how that we as parents, you know, we have a parental responsibility to our children. You know, I'm the parent, you're the child. Okay, I understand that. The brethren, it doesn't remain that way. As they get older and the like, you're the parent and child, but they become friends. And, and you say, well, but i got to remember my place. Now, if God can be our friend, then we as parents, what we're working toward is that they are our friends when they're 40 and 50 and 60 and we're 70 or 80 or whatever it might be. This is the relationship. So we have been invited to be Jesus' friend. Now what kind of invitation is that? That is an awesome invitation. So the way that it reads here in John chapter 15 and verse 14, he says here, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servant because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I've learned from the Father I have made known to you. This is a friendship relationship. We are invited to be a friend of God. Now, that isn't the only invitation. We also, in all of this, another invitation that we find from Jesus is an invitation to freedom. We're invited to be free. And with that freedom comes a great deal of responsibility. And with freedom, the thing that goes with freedom is truth. To know the truth about ourselves, the truth about God, and in this case, to know Jesus, because he indeed is the truth. But in John chapter 8, and beginning here in verse 31, here's, here's the invitation. To the Jews who believed on him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He goes on to say, and they answered, Well, we're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say you shall be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but the son belongs to it forever. 
Now what kind of invitation is in that? It's an invitation from going from being a servant to being a son. That's the invitation in truth and in freedom. He says, I know you're Abraham's descendants and you're ready to but you're ready to kill me because I have you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you do not do what you have heard from your, your Father. So again, Jesus is ta talking about setting us free. It's an invitation to freedom. Another invitation from God is in Matthew chapter 25. So you think, well, these, this could be a little bit short term. You know, it's like, well, we got this invitation, but it doesn't last very long. No. Excuse me, Matthew 25 and verse 34, we read this invitation. In verse, in verse 34 here of Matthew 25. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father. Come, again, come is an invitation. Who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So here we have an invitation to the kingdom of God from the kingdom of the, of the world, and it doesn't stop. So we're invited to inherit the kingdom. We also, <coughs> excuse me, we also know, and here's another invitation that we have from God. And I'm just trying to, to set all these, I say all of these, these are just a few of the invitations to, to help us to have a setting of what it's like to come into the presence of God, into communion with God. And this invitation that we want to read about is in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. An invitation that we're very much aware of, but again, it's an invitation. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone to, to the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, now... Uh, this reminds me of the importance of the invitation. Who did you receive the invitation from? And how important are they to your life? Because, you see, when we get an invitation from somebody who is really important in our life, we're excited about it. We're very excited about it. He's the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is an invitation by Jesus to approach him and find grace. We are invited into his grace. We are invited into his presence. And in his presence there's a calm, there's a peace, as we've already read about in Matthew, um, in, in um, um, yeah, Matthew 11, verse 28. Now let's take a look at how to handle an invitation from God. This is found in Luke chapter 14. Because you get an invitation, and you show up, you could show out, and the like. Here's how to handle the invitation. We get a couple examples here in Matthew, Matthew chapter, Luke, sorry, Luke chapter 14, 
and beginning here in verse 15. It says, this is the parable of the great banquet. And it says, one, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. This is a, a, a blessed man. So it's an invitation. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come again, we find this invitation, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, you know, I've got yoke of oxen. I, you know, excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. These are all seemingly good reasons on the surface. But when you get an invitation from God for a purpose, a heavenly purpose, a part of his will, these things take second fiddle, as it were, second seat. They, they lose out there. So you, you, you go when you are invited by him. So in this, in this banquet here, we find the example given. Now he also gives, and this is where I really meant to start, <laughs> sorry about that. In verse 7, he says, again, an invitation. In verse 7, he says, When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told his, this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may be, have been invited. If so, the host who has invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this man your seat. <laughs> so, I've seen that happen, and, and it's humiliating. And then if it happens to you, it's much more humiliating in the life. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, and notice what the host says, friend, move up to a better place. I like to think of this terms of all of us in communion with God, because, you know, that was a problem with the early church. The early church had, you know, people who were doing better off, and, and the, the way that actually communion and the Lord's Supper went is you start at the, kind of the center and it, or of the house, and as you moved out, the meals got less and less. They were like filet mignon or ribeye to start with, and a real feast, and beans at the end. Yeah, yeah, you know, or, or chicken, yeah, leftovers, and all of that. And, and there was this respect for people who had more. This is not the way that our Lord deals with us. He invites us to his place, and he shares himself with us. That's why I love that, that song, that uh, Here I Am, Lord, in that one segment. Finest bread I will provide till their hearts are satisfied. So the invitation can be turned down for, you know, earthly reasons. But when we come into God's presence, 
we're humbled by God's presence and honoring the one who has indeed invited us because we're all invitees by him. We're excited and appreciative of the invitation. So when we look at these things then, and we're invited, and I mentioned this earlier, but I do want to again restate it. We're invited every day into the will of God. And so it changes our calendar, so to speak, depending on what God has for us to do in, in that will. But when we think about an invitation to the very, the, the finest feast really ever happening is this feast that we have that God has prepared for us to enjoy. So going back now to Luke chapter 22, here's what you find. We find that Jesus is inviting his disciples to what they thought was a Passover, like it used to be in the Old Testament. And that invitation to them went well beyond what they imagined. Jesus had a place prepared for them. We read about that. He says, you know, go here, do this. And in all of that, there is this confidence that they're doing exactly what he wanted them to do. Jesus himself was prepared for the bread and wine. He knew that in advance. He knew what he was serving. And what he was serving was himself. And they were invited. He'd been telling them about this all along, but they had not understood that. Also, it says, you know, all these things happen in perfect timing. You know, the, all, all the way, the preparation, how everything worked out, the timing was perfect, and all of that. Because sometimes you, you think, well, maybe I could catch the next one. There wasn't a next one. And there isn't another bread that we take. And then Jesus, you know, in, in the invitation... Here's the, the point he makes in verse 15 of Luke chapter 22. With great desire to share himself. You've got to, when you're invited, and your host is just such an incredible host to you. Your host treats you like you're the only one there. And your host, you remember on the, on the night, this is John 13, when the, when the host himself put on the towel, he, he washed their feet, he humbled him, you know, himself, he did all of these things. And, of course, Peter, you know, being the guest, saying, well, Lord, you can't do that for me. And he says, well, if I can't do this, you have no part of me. This is the same thing that, that God tells us as well in terms of invitations. When we invite people, there, there's, you treat them like they're... Jesus' friends and your friend. You treat them like they are children of God. And you have to remember this. Jesus in that example where he said, you know, the kingdom of God, he said, when you have done this unto the least of my brethren, you have done it unto me. That changes how we deal with people as they're invited, as, as, as we enjoy the invitation. Jesus is the absolute perfect host. The 
perfect host. He is in all ways. And then in verse 16 through 20 of Luke 22, we see that Jesus then reveals the menu and the reason for the invitation. He says, you know, this is my body, this bread. This is what he is telling them. Here's the whole focus on this particular Passover that he desired to eat with them, and he invited them to come and to enjoy with them. So we find, it says in the same way, this is verse 20, well, sorry, backing up to verse 17, it talks about he desired to eat this and says, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom has come. And then he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them. There's this attitude, as, even as a host, of giving thanks you find in Jesus. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the bread of life. Jesus had already told them, and we're familiar with this, about that he is the bread of life. He is the real manna that comes down from heaven. And he tells his disciples, you must eat of this bread, and you must drink of this wine, or take of my flesh and, and, and drink of my blood, and that you have, what do you have? It's an invitation to eternal life. And that invitation to eternal life just doesn't stop there. What, there, there. God invites us to live forever. But there's a joy in the invitation that God gives to us. And I wanted to talk about, briefly, the joy of the invitation and what he's offering to us in this invitation. This is in John chapter 17. In verse 23, here's what Jesus says about the invitees. I am in them. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This invitation that we, we have from God is to help the world to know that Jesus has been sent from the Father, he is the true bread of life, and that he has loved us as the Father has loved him. He says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. This is what Jesus wants. That's an invitation from Jesus. His invitation asking the Father that we can be where he is. And what does he want us to see? What does he want us to enjoy? And I mean truly enjoy. Because you think about this. He says, I want them to be where I am and to see my glory. The glory that you gave me, here it is saying here, you've given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Now to be in a party and to want to your host and to see him in his great glory. This brings us back to, oh my, who invited me? This glorious God, my elder brother, my friend, the one who has invited me to freedom, to faith, to love, 
to hope. He's invited us to see him as he is. And I think, brethren, he's also invited us to see ourselves through his eyes. Through his eyes. And that's an incredible invitation. Because what do we look like through Jesus' eyes? Again, he says to the Father, Father, I am in them. They're not of the world. He invites us to a whole different level of relationships. And in order to make that possible, where we have the resurrection, we have all of these things, and we have the, and recognize the joy that he had in, in suffering for us, we have a Lord and Savior. We have a great invitation. So, in years past, you were commanded, and you felt a command to be at the Passover, the Lord's Supper. This year, I'd like to invite you. You can choose. So, you may forget that, so... Please note in these invitations there are no last names. Because the one who invited you is personal. And he knows you by your first name. Like we know him by what we call his first name, Jesus. So, Jesus wanted you to know you're invited. And we'll celebrate next week, the invitation. Hope you can come. Let's conclude in prayer. Father, we thank you very much for your loving kindness. We thank you for the invitation to eternal life, invitation to a relationship with your son and you, an invitation into your kingdom, an invitation to everything that is good, an invitation into your love. We thank you for the invitation, and through your help and through your grace of your Son, we'll be there. And in Jesus' name, we give thanks. Amen. Feeling the blues today, or tired of life already? Do you have questions about life, or need spiritual advice? The Worldwide Church of God is located in Fairfield, Santa Rosa, and Modesto, California. We welcome everyone to attend our worship services with us every week at the times listed on your screen.